we are like the Maury Povich of podcasts. People come oh. to this show because it's a train wreck. I'm giving this podcast three stars. The host keeps yelling at me. The people have clearly spoken. Check out Whatever with Jason Soto on Anchor, Apple, Google, wherever you get awesome podcasts, or you can go to the home location at rabbitholepodcast.com. Second thing yes. I want to talk about is I want to talk about urination. I want to talk about peeing specifically. See what happens when Jason throws out the segments. This is what we get instead. Everything we do here at Rabbit Hole Podcast is sponsored by Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepods and try it absolutely free for 30 days. You can download any audiobook, original show, or podcast that you want. And after the 30-day trial expires, you only pay $14.99 a month and you can get more content from Audible. If you decide to cancel any time, even after the trial, you get to keep anything you've downloaded. So why not give it a chance? That's audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepods. When you use that link, you help us out here at the network. So thank you. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash rabbit hole pods. $3 a month gets you into your exclusive club where you can access episodes early, check out bonus content, and all kinds of great goodies, like access to our Discord or joining us whenever we go live on Twitch. Patreon.com slash rabbit hole pods. A huge shout out to all of our Patreon members. You make all of this happen. Welcome to Hersing Around, the podcast where we speak of the recently deceased. I'm Isabel Turan, and along for the ride to the funeral service are my co-host, Chris Ramey. Hello. And Brenda, Batty Brenda. Hello. Hello. How is everyone doing today? Wow. Splendid. Recovering from all the holidays. <laughs> Definitely recouping from the holidays. Yeah. It was a long couple weeks. Oh, I tell you, man, when you're a stay-at-home dad and you got a kid home for two weeks and Christmas time and everything, oh, it's something. I'm looking forward to getting back to normal. Well, Thinking about starting day drinking, what do you think? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> well, I've already been back to work for a week and uh, yeah, it was... It was a trying time. <laughs> it's it really hard to get trials? back into like a a work week of any sort after you've had all these, you know, these days off. You know, you have we had a three day week and then last week was a four day week and it felt like a hundred days long. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know why. The short work weeks always do feel the longest for some reason. It's the Still worst. Back. But I would rather have just spread all this shit out over five days. There you go. There's another one next week uh, if you got MLK, MLK Day off. I think that's yep. Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Oh, well. <laughs> we Not got... that I'm 
hate a three-day weekend. I just don't like the following four days after a three-day weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got to hurry up and make up for the lost days. Yep. Everybody mm. still needs everything ASAP. Yeah. Everything is an emergency. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Coming from IT, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we've lost a lot of people over the last... Um, Several weeks. Um, it seems like it's a popular popular time to die. No disrespect, <laughs> but Christmas and New Year's, um, we've lost quite a few people. So they're piling. They're piling up. Yeah, there was a lot of big names like Betty White, wasn't it? Last year or was it the year before? Like uh, the time was it last year? It was. It seems like it was just yesterday, but right. It always I think seems, it was yeah, like it. Yeah, end of the year, it always seems like all these big names are yeah. like just... She died on uh, December 31st, 2021. Oh, okay. oh wow, oh, that long ago? Yeah, well, we went into 20... Yeah, that it was, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Jeez. Wow. It just no, seems like it was yesterday. Yeah, there's no... Nobody has any sense of time, I think, after COVID. It's like there's... Oh, no. There's yeah, no... really, since COVID, <laughs> these last four years... Going on what five? I don't know. It's just been twenty ish. No. Right. Don't remember. I mean, we do. We judge everything now by the before times and the after times. So right. yeah. Maybe we need to redo the calendar instead of like the BC or whatever kind of thing. You know. The yes, definitely. A AC after COVID. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> But I think we're, well, I mean, and, but where do you draw the line? Is oh, it, man. So, yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. That, that becomes a, a a discussion for people who make calendars. And that is not. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, well, anyways, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, we got a bunch here. We uh, might as well get started on them. It's going to take half the episode to get through these. Uh, yeah. <laughs> First, we we got uh, Selma Arch that uh, she was an actress and a widow of Rydy columnist Army Archer, Archer. Sorry, um, she died on uh, December fourteenth at the age of ninety eight. We also have Ken Calvert, a Detroit radio vet known as the voice of Bad Boys mm -hmm. Pistons, died on December twenty first at the age of seventy two. Why do you have the Detroit one? By the way, I should have had that one. Yeah, well, it Sorry. just that's how it just landed. Oh, but right. also, Sorry. it's okay for me to have the Detroit one. My family's from Detroit too. You don't own Detroit, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> we also had Mike Nussbaum. Um, he was an American actor and director, and he died at the age of ninety-nine on December twenty-third. And then we have Laura Lynch. She was a founding member of the Dixie Chicks. Um, after, I believe they renamed to Chicks, didn't they? Um, yes, yeah, the, the Chicks. Yeah, yeah, she died on December twenty third at the age of sixty five. Quite tragically, too. Um, we also had Richard Franklin, English actor, writer, director, and political activist, known for his roles in the classic Doctor Who and Emmerdale, died on December twenty fifth at the age of eighty seven. And then we had Lee Sung Kyun, a South Korean actor known for um, the Academy Award-winning film Parasite. He died at the age of 48 
um, on December 27th. And then we have Gil de Ferran. He was a French-born Brazilian racer who died on December 29th at the age of 56. How is he a French-born Brazilian racer? He was French-born, and he drives for the Brazilian. He races, he races in Brazil. Just, yeah, just confuse me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> the way it's worded, yeah. yeah. Uh, we also had Sandra Reese Phillips, American actress, singer, and writer, pass on December 29th at the age of 79. And we had Les McCann, American jazz pianist and vocalist, who died on December 29th at the age of 88. And then we have Kale uh, Yarbrough. Uh, he's a three-time NASCAR champion. He died on December 30th at the age of 84. And Tom Southers, the star of the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, died on December 26th at the age of 86. And he was a big one. Um, oh, yeah. yeah he, he was the Yo-Yo Man, I think, right? That was his nickname. Yeah, he did a he had a little shtick, um, and that was one of his routines. Him and his brother, um, yeah. his real brother, they weren't fake brothers like right. some brothers are, um, and they were known for being subversive throughout the '60s. Um, and my biggest memory of them is I watched the Smothers Brothers on like Nick at Night when they were on Laughing, but watching with my grandmother. Um, so. For the for Tom Smothers, I also saw that he, um, I I guess that they had to deal with a lot of censorship right. during that time. It was a real big big thing, which I'm I'm sure whatever there sh there is in their show is probably safe enough for kids at this point. Um, I, unfortunately, it was real hard to find anything to stream or shoot not even youtube you know it was just one of those weird things that was just so old it's um if you if you lived in it then you know it, if, if not it seems like it's kind of hard to to find a whole lot about yeah there wasn't anything i, I searched and i searched and it was like even i was expecting something like pay where you, you know you pay 2.99 or something for an episode or something and there was nothing um mm -hmm. just just little clips of yeah like his yo-yo tricks or his like a I think there's like an appearance on tonight show or something like that i can't remember now um but yeah there wasn't much but yeah i did hear that too about the the censorship that um um tom tried to uh like see if he can sneak in things past the uh the, the network sensors and stuff like that i, I didn't yeah. really find any examples but i guess he was trying to i don't know just sneak in i don't know naughty references or something i don't know which probably are barely even naughty to us now but i mean right. when you're going through what like what, what was it during the 50s i guess is when they were really was going it, I on it was the 60s i, I like, was just going based off of his age because oh. he was born in the 30s yeah, yeah during the late 60s yeah yeah the, yeah in the 60s there the yeah um yeah, I don't know. I remember they did do the revival back in, uh, I think it was what, the 90s. Um, I did watch that. I never watched the original episodes. Uh, but I do remember um, watching at least some episodes of the revival. Um, you know, I, to re to remember any of it and to recap any of it, I, I couldn't <laughs> do it because it's been so long. 
Um, but yeah, he was a he was a big one, and it's it's kind of too bad because him and his brother, I, they were kind of you know big for their time and kind of yeah. influential, and like now they're kind of forgotten, kind of a, yeah, footnoted history kind of thing, right? Yeah, because you can't really find anything, and there's the Wikipedia page and IMDb and whatnot, but there's no um, nothing really substantial, unfortunately. Why it's good to record everything on VHS back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Today's episode, we are pouring out plenty. To start, we are pouring one out for Richard Romanus, who passed away December 23rd at the age of 80. You kept me waiting for an hour. Hey, I'm sorry, Mikey, but you know, uh, I had something to do. uh, But I got something for you. Not much, but I got something for you. He has about $30. It's all he's got on him, Michael. Where's the rest? Yeah, where's the rest? Well, I bought a few rounds of drinks over here while I was waiting, you know what I mean? <laughs> Tony says my credit ain't no good no more. <sighs> you know, $30 is enough of an insult. But I take it for Charlie. $10? What am I going to do? Well, you're going to have to have someone escort you to your car at night. What's that supposed to mean? Well, that's what the rape counselor woman told me. Deserted parking garages where a huge percentage of these attacks happen. You think this is my fault? You blame me for what happened, don't you? Well, how many times did I tell you to call the security guard when you left work late? It wasn't late. This isn't doing any good, Jennifer. Um... Richard's a familiar looking character. Um, he, you know, started out acting in the 1960s. In 1968, a, a cult classic film called The Ghastly Ones. And his big break was in the film Mean Streets. He w- was a graduate of Xavier University and he actually went to law school. And he proved that he is smarter than me because he dropped out and went into acting and did not <laughs> become a lawyer. Um he was in a lot of films. Um, not as many as I thought. I thought I thought he was more famous than what he was, I think, um, when it came film-wise. But TV, he was a staple as a guest star. We had Mission Impossible, Starsky and Hutch, Kojak, Hawaii Five-0, The Rockford Files, Charlie's Angels, Fame, Hill Street Blues, The A-Team, MacGyver, Chicago Hope, Diagnosis, Murder, Cagney and Lacey, and NYPD Blue. That's a lot. And that's a lot of 70s, 80s, 90s, like a bridge for those three decades right there. Um, One of his most, I guess, uh, famous roles came later in life as um, a guest star on a couple episodes of The Sopranos as Dr. Melfi's on-again, off-again husband um dr melfi if you don't remember was tony soprano's um uh psychiatrist Uh, well known for his voiceover work in the 70s in the ralph boschke um animated films um heavy metal wizard um one or two others i forget um later in life he turned to writing um not only movies but also novels um he wrote couple books a memoir but him and his second wife anthea silbert um, wrote and produced two lifetime tv movies um his brother is robert romanus who is known for 
um, playing Mike Damone in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I will tell you that as I watched the, the several things that I watched that Richard was in, I kept thinking about Mike Damone and Led Zeppelin IV because they look so much alike <laughs> um, that I was pretty much like, wow, it's, it's Mike Damone. Wow. Um, so, yeah, um, that's a basic bio of him. Uh, I watched, you know, some things he was in, and I'm, I'm going to say he was not in Citizen Kane. Um, <laughs> the first thing I watched was from 1975, and it was a movie called Russian Roulette. And it star- starred, in quotes, George Siegel. And he played um, a character named Raymond Rags Ragulia. And he was sort of like a mob-esque figure. Um, another character in this movie is um, a- an actor who I really like is Denholm Elliott. Um, he was in this as like the main bad guy, I guess. This is a Canadian-Russian spy type mess of a movie. The best thing about it were um there were some good like throwaway lines that i sort of liked but the 1970s era signage um like the old pepsi signs the old like street signs and just the the whole vibe it was very 70s and everybody smoked everybody in this movie smoked um there is like yeah so he's not in it a whole lot um because no spoiler but i mean you watch this for like an hour you'll see i mean he gets killed it's not a great movie he dies he goes off a bridge um he takes a swim um (laughs) and there is just you know i don't mind spy movies i don't mind movies with intrigue but this one it was just too damn convoluted It, it was it was a mess of a movie i think or maybe I'm just stupid, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I just don't think um, it was great. I think it could have been better. I think maybe, I don't know if maybe it got something got lost in the editing or something got lost in in the translation from Canada to America. I don't know. It just wasn't great. <laughs> the language barrier. That language barrier. That, you know, <laughs> that, that, that border there. Yeah. It's, Crossing that line, there's a huge difference. Too many, too many A's and right in there, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of A's going on. <laughs> so that was my my like seventies view of him. Were any of you able to watch anything from his seventies collection? Yeah. I'm unfortunately not, but I did. Uh, he, you said that he uh, did more. Sh- like it seemed like he did more shows. But oh, I'm yeah. looking. I, I count. I, I always count them up. He did 35 films and 36 te- television shows. Right. So it was and like 50-50. I think know? a lot of it, though, is a, a matter of availability, too. And yeah. in the day and age that we live in, finding things, sometimes those TV episodes is easier. So the second thing I was able to find was an episode of The Rockford Files. I More love Rockford Files. <laughs> um, he is fantastic. Uh, James Garner, not 
um, Raymond. Rem- I mean, he's good in this. Richard is good in this um, episode. It's a lot, he's a lot better in this one than so maybe just the Rockford Files is better than this movie. So the name of this episode was Three Day Affair with a Thirty Day Escrow. So it has to do with real estate and some shenanigans. And in this one, our guy Richard is the number one guest star. And when you're the number one guest star on Rockford Files, you know you're the shits. And you're the star. He plays a man named Sean Ennis. He does not look like a Sean Ennis. There is nothing <laughs> that they could do to Richard that would make him look like a Sean Ennis. Um, what does a Sean Ennis look like, like to you? I, I don't. Is Irish? That okay. is it's an I, Irish I, name. It's a or a that. Northern European name. He is not your Northern European. He's definitely. I mean, I'm Eastern European. Uh, yeah. He's more Eastern, Southern European, maybe. He has that Greek look about him. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. I got yeah. You. yeah. You know, he's he's not Nordic, nor is he really particularly Aryan. Um, but he's not a Sean Ennis. Um, so Rockford does some work for him, and he's looking for. And and this is I, I and this I'm I'm not trying to offend anyone because I don't know where these people were from, but they're like sort of just portrayed as generic Arabs. And I think that happened a lot in the 70s, 80s. Oh, yeah. That, you know, so I don't I I don't want to say like, oh, they were Saudi or they were from Pakistan or whatever. No, because they they probably didn't have a specific spot. No, I don't think they did. I think they were just generic um, people um, of Arabic descent or actually from where, you know, the Middle East, Middle Eastern, perhaps. They wore turbans, very stereotypical. Uh, So... Uh, Sean Ennis here had had an affair with a woman, an Arabian woman, I'll just say, with a woman named, her name was Kendra, um, which is a very, you know, Middle Eastern name. (laughs) uh, Well, yeah. So he, and then Rockford can't find him. The guy disappears and um, I think he owes him money. I'm not sure, but he's a writer and he's pretty much a gigolo, sort of like Ryan O'Neill. And in this episode, Rockford is looking for for Sean Ennis again. And then Sean Ennis sends like a dude to look after Rockford. And you know who it is? It's Richard Mull. Richard Mull. It's Bull from Night Court. Oh, nice. He plays the dude and he tries to rough up Jim Rockford. That's not go well. Um, And he gets him in a pickle. But anyway, so there's this whole convoluted scheme as well. Cause it's what the Rockford files it has to do with some, you know, um, real estate. There's a slimy real estate agent and his name, it was a very real estate agent from the seventies name. And he, <laughs> um, Cy Margulies, that was his name. And I was like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. He looked like a sleazy real estate guy. So he, it was like manufacturing tabloid type gossip in or and like setting up these situations so people would like sell their houses and he could like flip them pretty quickly so he could get a lot of money for them. And and Sean Ennis was working for him and he was like one of the, he, he was sort of like a manho who would have, <laughs> um, but he fell in love with, with Kendra. And but the problem was Kendra was married. Of and course. Her her family had a little mini trial. 
um, after they like found her and they found they they found Sean Ennis, uh, Richard, um, at this other woman's house, and he was like a kept man. It was messed up, but it ended up with um, the trial where they were going to sentence Kendra to death because she committed adultery. And, you know, not good. Um, yeah. Kendra's husband dies because he gets murdered. The murderer, um, I'm just going to tell you, because no one else is going to watch this ever, size <laughs> the murderer. Um, he gets arrested, and then they wrap it up in a neat little bow. Rockford gets his $125 for the day. So <laughs> I love me some Rockford Files. This is another one of those timeline nostalgia things where... Um, my grandma and I watched not only like Rockford when it was still on in the very early eighties, I remember, but then they had these TV movies. Um, my grandma never missed one of those. And then when they were in syndication, like the reruns, my grandma would never miss the Rockford files. And to this day, I think, um, you know, she's, you know, in her, she's, she's 94 and she's in like a quasi assisted living situation. Now I think that if um, the Rockford files came on, she would watch it. Because she, she, I think she might have had a thing for James Garner. Um, well, who did I know she had a time? thing for Tom Selleck, and she, mm -hmm. she will tell you that mustache. But I think she also had a soft spot for Jim Rockford, James Garner. <laughs> that was like sort of my late seventies, early eighties. Uh, Richard uh, viewing. Um, and then I moved to this piece of shit movie that's <laughs> called to protect and serve and it was from 1992 and the star of this movie is c thomas howell what the fuck i mean how did this guy get work he's awful he is a horrible actor i don't even but recognize that name he he was in a lot of shit and i just maybe i've watched a lot of horrible things but when I watched this movie, and within like the first 20 seconds of this movie, and I wrote this down in my notes, this movie screams direct to video. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is not going to be good. Um, so, Richard, I'm going to tell you right now, don't watch this movie. This movie <laughs> is for free on Tubi, but don't watch it because it's that bad. You will regret it. Um, I mean, unless you're into that kind of thing. No, like, even if you're into <laughs> shitty movies, if you hate yourself, watch this movie. Like, you really hate yourself, this this is a good punishment. There's I'm like, a little offended because he's wearing the, the decap, the Detroit cap here. Oh, you of, should you know, be offended. He to, you know, does such shame. Our, you know, Magnum P.I. there, and then it's... Uh, oh, my God. He, sh he does not deserve... He is insulting the entire city of Detroit wearing that hat. <laughs> <laughs> So Richard plays like the captain of the police force in this movie. And there's so much going on here. Like there's a jewelry heist and some police brutality. And C. Thomas Howe is our main character. And then he gets a female partner and they're supposed to like be into each other. I have never seen negative chemistry between people. And they don't hate each other. They don't love each other. Like it's, but they're supposed to, it's just but not there's working. nothing, there is nothing there. <laughs> it's like, they are two stick figures or puppets. It's bad. And wow. she's not a great actor. He's a horrible actor. There is a point where 
I had to go get the laundry, which is downstairs in my basement. And I had to do some folding. And I was like, I should pause this. And I'm like, no, why would I pause this? <laughs> so What's I went, down, I got the laundry. I was like folding and watching. And I'm like, this is so bad. There's like a part, like the main plot of this is like, someone's killing these corrupt cops and we got to figure out who it is. I know who it was. It was Richard the whole time. <laughs> but the lady partner thinks it's C. Thomas Howell because she's she's stupid and he's stupid. They're <laughs> stupid. They lay this trap, a big shootout happens, and Richard gets killed. Um, which turns out, like at the shootout, we find out that Richard was a bad cop this whole time and he killed the other bad cops because they did bad shit together and Richard wanted to go into politics. We find out that he even oh. killed C. Thomas Howell's dad back in the day Ooh. and that, you know, scarred C. Thomas Howell and you could really tell from his emotion, you know, his he showed such emotion in this mood. No. I, can't. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't think he did the way you're saying There was this. a gunshot and then it was over, and I was like, why? Why did I do this? This, I wrote a review on Letterboxd, and my review is basically, I watched this for research and decided I don't get paid enough for <laughs> watching this shit because I get paid nothing. And, oh, we, you guys should get money for listening to me talk about this because it's <laughs> awful. You might deserve some compensation. Because I was about to say, we, Jason, compensation. Oh, get that gosh. Spotify or not Spotify? What is it? A Patreon money. Patreon. <laughs> get a class gotta, action going on here. Yeah, you better you better consult your attorney. I think that might be me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, so Richard was an interesting dude. Um, he was pretty multifaceted, like a lot of our guys are. You know, they branch out into writing or painting or something after their main acting career is over. I just don't think uh, maybe what I saw wasn't representative of, of how great he was. He was great in Rockford Files. I think maybe <laughs> his, um, you know, one hour episode thing might might have been like his forte. I, I really like the Rockford Files episode. I'm sure his MacGyver is great. I'm sure his diagnosis murder is awesome because that's got Dick Van Dyke in it. And who doesn't love okay. Dick Van Dyke? When it comes so. to TV series, if they if. If you're that guessing in that many, it's usually because you are pretty good. But you know, right. not not everybody's a good director either, though. So or it doesn't you matter know how good of an you know, maybe I think for a while there was like a pool of actors, especially like in the set, like the Murder She Wrote crew. You know, yeah. like we have like all these people who were on Murder yeah. She Wrote. They were also usually on Matlock or Diagnosis Murder. They're just all buddies. But speaking of which. As a side note, sometimes I just watch Matlock because I am who I am. And I watched an episode the other day and Dick Buckus was in it. <laughs> Not to give you any sort of um, flashbacks, um, Isabel, because um, I know how much you love hamburger. So <laughs> I kind of do. This is like in every episode thing. We're going to be in, talking about Dip, Dick Buckus and hamburger somehow, isn't it? sorry no it's okay it's just I'm left a warm. mental impact on us it's significant it's just funny how there's always like there's always a connection you know it's like the kevin bacon the seven degrees right we what are now seven degrees of hamburger seven degrees of hamburger yeah he tackled our heart and he is forever <laughs> there 
he clotheslined our heart um, and he's forever going to be there i don't know if richard romanus knew um dick buckus but i feel like they would be good friends <laughs> well they, they are now they're up in heaven being good friends having a beer together tackling each other and i'm sure dick buckus is very flattered that we keep bringing him up yeah <laughs> right right totally I do see a lot of carryover of these episodes, though. You know, like we, like you said, we got the murder she wrote, but there's always the fantasy island. You know, this time there's a, a the tales from the dark side, and we've seen that a couple times. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting how there there's like these repeats. I thought this one there, the MacGyver, it's he was actually he was uh, in the episode with his brother, and they were both they were playing brothers in this episode, so that was and they really look alike um i don't know now because i've not seen a recent um photo of his brother um his name is robert i've not seen a recent photo but when you watch um richard soft you can definitely see the family resemblance it's a very very strong you got some very strong family genes there right right you know some families are like that yeah yeah interesting Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Best times at Richmond Heights. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really what he's known for. He was in a couple other things, minor things, but um, the one. is what he's known for. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, that's all I watched of his. Um, I think after watching um, To Serve and Protect, or Protect and Serve, I'm sorry, um, I wanted to die. <laughs> and I would have been on that episode. So. It was bad. Oh my god, I yeah. love bad movies, but this was one where there's I can't there I, there's nothing redeeming except there's a one guy I thought it was um Eddie Grant, you know the Electric Avenue guy because he just looked like him. I'm like, oh, is that Eddie Grant? It was not, but he looked <laughs> like him. So I spent like a good five minutes thinking about Electric Avenue. Yeah, the whole, yeah, I hate when that happens. No, no, believe me, it was better. It was better. <laughs> We pour another one out for Miguel Angel Fuentes, who passed away on December 28th, 2023, at the age of 70. Exactamente es lo que no quiere decir el dicho, mientras estemos bien allá arriba, hay que bajar no hay de qué preocuparnos. Y por favor, platícanos cuál es tu personaje, de qué se trata. El personaje, eso sí, es Lino, el guarura de Fermín Arredondo. Pero, ay caramba, un sicario como tantos que actualmente no solamente tiene esta nación, sino allí donde, caramba, todo les asusta, todo les asusta. Y asustarles hasta que de repente por ahí pasó una paloma. Pinche gringojete. Te cogiste a las cabras. Mierda. I don't know what's going on. I'm afraid to move. You do not fly, but your mind does. Yeah, thanks, Castaneda. You are afraid, but the other you isn't. The other who? Cindy Lou who? Don't. Tell me the truth, Fidinho. Who am I? You have the blood of the gods coming from other worlds. Ooh, god blood is hard to get out. Uh, Miguel Angel Fuentes was born on September 29, 1953 in oh, Oaxaca, Mexico, and moved to Mexico City for high school. 
um, and also later got involved in boxing, but got in with a bad crowd and went to jail in 1971 as an accessory to robbery. Um, or at least that's the information that I found. <laughs> uh, later, they did realize he was a minor, and so he was released to a guardianship, and I guess he decided to get his life together. <laughs> and oh. after continuing boxing um, and aspiring himself to prepare for an Olympic game in Munich, which did not come to fruition, um, a friend of his basically suggested to pursue acting. So in 1973, he apparently appeared before Luis um, Gimino, who was apparently a Mexican politician and actor, um, and he got a scholarship from an institute in Mexico City where he got a 50% scholarship to study acting, um, in which he officially started in 1975, and he acted all the way through 2019, um, yeah, 2019, appearing in over 50 films. 30 TV series, um, notably 1982's Fitzgeraldo, 1980's The Puma Man, and 2001's The Mexican. He died in his home on December 29th from a heart attack at the age of 70. So, um, Miguel didn't like necessarily star in any movies. Um, he was always a supporting character but the thing is is that he uh he just looks so distinctive i mean he was a super super tall guy um well over six feet tall it, i mean i'm guessing i couldn't even i don't think i could find anywhere that confirmed his height but he was such a big dude he has to be over six feet tall um usually for a lot of american actors they have this information but since he was more um, since he was a Mexican actor, they seem to not have that information, which kind of is a, kind of a bummer because he, he's just that's one of the things that sticks out with him is he's such a big dude, you can't miss him. <laughs> you know? um, not quite as tall as uh, like say Andre the Giant, but still. Um, yeah, I'm definitely. looking. Yeah, I'm looking at some images of him. You know, I I don't think I've ever I don't remember seeing him, of course, and you know I'm, I'm I don't. I didn't want to watch a lot of Spanish stuff growing up, obviously, because you no. know I don't speak it. But uh, yeah, looking at the pictures of him, yeah, he just seems, yeah, he seems like a big guy. Like not only tall, but just like his features, he just seems like more broader. You know? Yeah, he so, he definitely yeah. looks like a henchman, and he definitely yeah. has played a henchman <laughs> multiple times. Um, the most popular movie, uh, as mentioned previously, especially with any MST3K fans, would be episode 903, 1980s, The Puma Man. Um, basically, aliens visited the Aztecs, becoming gods to them, and fathered the Puma Man, a demigod who would protect the people of Earth. Uh, current day people are mysteriously being killed in America, and uh, we are introduced to Tony Farms, who was an American paleontologist working in London, an Aztec named uh, Vedino, who is played by Miguel, confronts Tony and drops the bomb on him, uh, metaphorically, of course, and lets him know that he is the Puma Man. <laughs> Tony understandably doesn't understand what the heck's going on. Uh, and tries to escape the situation, and Vidino throws him out of a window. <laughs> um, Tony lands perfectly, meaning that clearly he is the Puma Man. <laughs> Donald Pleasance is also in this film as a villain, 
who is using the stolen Puma Man's golden mask to control people. Uh, will the Puma Man learn his powers and help Vadino save the world? Um, find out. I'm not spoiling this one, mostly because I want you to go watch MST3K's version of the Puma Man. <laughs> um, it is definitely a fan favorite among them. Uh, I love all of the riffs in regards to Miguel. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, uh, they said he looks like Ted Cassidy, who is the OG Lurch from the Adams Family uh, show. And I'm like looking oh. at him. I'm like, he kind of does look like like a Mexican Lurch. Right, right. Um, they, also, <laughs> they also said he looked like Tony Robbins. And then I'm like, gosh, he does kind of look like Tony Robbins, too. <laughs> Um, especially a mix of them both, but just make him Mexican. And that's, there you go. That's what he kind of looks like in case you've never seen him before. Um, I also love all the Aztec riffs in this movie. They said he um, shows a picture, but it looks like he's showing him a card. Um, he says, I'm a representative of Aztec technologies. It's one of the riffs of the bots too. <laughs> also, hey, where is your phone? I want to check my Aztec messages. Oh, jeez. And everybody was Aztec fighting. But out of all of the movies, he is, um, I would say he co-stars in that one, um, being alongside the lead throughout the vast majority of the movie. So um, if you want to see him throughout the entirety of a movie, that is the absolute best one to watch. And of course, I'm always going to push to watch an MST3K movie. Um, they had a lot of fun with that one. That one. Sometimes we're a little mean, but um, it is kind of a weird movie, as I explained. Nice. I'm trying to. I was trying to pull up my uh, collection. I, I can't. I don't can't find it here. But I had a bunch of the the MST3Ks. You know, they have them on DVDs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I might have this one. I need. If I do, I definitely got to watch it. But I'm sure it's available streaming or something. So. Oh yeah, it's definitely available streaming. Um, if you have the Gizmoplex uh, membership during the um, release of the new episodes, they actually released the Puma Man and um, it was the surgically enhanced version. So um, <laughs> basically they went through and they edited the movie to just look a lot clearer. Um, huh. And I watched the original episode and then I watched that and I was like, man, it looks so much better on that surgically enhanced version. So if you um somehow have the ability to watch that one um i mean they do have like a lot like little msc3k commercials in between it because it was when they aired it but it was it was still really interesting to see how how well it looked after they they revised it you mean they read like the actual the puma man movie itself or just mm -hmm. the the whole episode like with the i think the, the entire episode but i think they were focusing on the the i think they they focused on the parts with the Puma Man on it, if I'm huh. not mistaken. I'm okay. not sure. Because they also did the same thing with Monos. Hmm. Or maybe I'm getting them confused with the Mazerback. Because the Mazerback also did a updated Monos, um, the Hands of Fate version. Yeah. I need to get back to watching that, man. I used to watch that all the time. I'm old enough to remember when it was on Comedy Central. And like there was new episodes every like Saturday or something like that. Oh, it was like um, Saturday at one o'clock or something like that. I think they aired the new episodes. Yeah, I think I only saw it when it was on 
sci-fi and I was I was like a day where I stayed home sick from school and I thought I was watching um the creature from the black lagoon <laughs> but it was not it was the return of the creature of the black lagoon <laughs> and it was the MST3K version nice I think uh I'm trying to remember maybe maybe it was sci-fi I thought it was comedy central but it could have been sci-fi I don't remember it was gosh it was probably yeah 20 30 years ago now or something crazy I gotta, I gotta watch that one though, because I remember when we talked about it in chat. It's like, yeah, the I Puma should, I Man. Should, I should watch that because it sounds. Oh God, the outfits <laughs> and the jokes on Donald Pleasance. Every time they show Donald Pleasance, they're like, "Oh, it's an egg." Oh, it's just Donald Pleasance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just something because he's, he's bald in it. And also, for someone who's bald, he sure does say "comb" a lot in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like he says it at least three or four times, and I was like, you know, you ain't got no, <laughs> you got no room saying that word having no hair. Right. Um, writers did that on purpose. <laughs> so, and then in 1981, he managed to do uh, three movies, all for the, the same year. So we have um, Green Ice, which I talked about in the last episode. I was not going to relive that. Um, please, I forget. Could you please rehash that? I'm not. Me? I don't I'd even remember that. it. It was Ryan O'Neill being a white savior. <laughs> Look up the Google. <laughs> I'm not rewatching that one. Fine. <laughs> Let me reread my notes from last week. <laughs> Take one for the team. <laughs> I'm not sure who decided to do the musical choices of this movie, but it's the most jarring shit I've ever experienced. <laughs> and I refuse to listen to that stupid floating above the cloud song again but um miguel was playing um geraldo who was argenti's bodyguard and you're like who's argenti let me tell you uh argenti was the guy who controlled the emerald trade in colombia so he was one of the bad guys in the green ice movie i don't really remember it because i could not commit my my poor little brain to that movie um, but i initially did not recognize him because his hair is significantly longer and he also has a mustache and a beard. So he is um, clean shaven in the Puma Man. And then he turns around and it's just like full face covered. Looks looks completely different in that one. Um, he was also in the same year, the um, movie Santos in the Border of Terror. Um, this was the uh, Spanish movie I had to asked my, my mother to help me because <laughs> I could only get so far on it. Um, the simplest way to sum up this movie is that Santos runs into a mad doctor turning immigrants into mind-controlled zombie slaves. That is okay. that is a very short and sweet explanation, but what I was watching, boy, I was I was having a time trying to, I'm like, what is happening to these guys? Like he just wants to work and he's over here becoming a, a science experiment. Uh, Miguel plays a character named Monk, who is a henchman type. Um, and there was multiple opportunities for him to redeem himself as a character. And it just was not taken. Ultimately, his character is killed, um, which kind of kind of stuck. I was like, well, really great way to go, buddy. Um, 
<laughs> but it was still a fun watch. Um, like I said, because I had to have my mother translate it with me and we only found it on YouTube and I had to look for it under the original name, which is Santo en la Frontera de Terra. Um, and my basic Spanish, yeah, I just, I could not understand what was happening. I, I mean, it got to a point where I'm like, why is the doctor holding a jar full of eyes? Uh, by the way, wow. he was holding a jar full of eyes because he was uh, basically doing experiments on these um, immigrants and taking like their eyes or their organs and then selling them for like buttloads of money. That probably happens to this day. <laughs> yeah, honestly, though. <laughs> right. It was a little convoluted, but it was fun. And you got to see Santo beat up some people. Um, yeah. And MST3K did recently have a Santo versus... Uh, or in the Dracula's Treasure movie on this newest season. So I was like, oh, I'll watch another Santo movie. <laughs> Any reason to watch a Santo movie, and Miguel was in it, so I watched it. And the last movie of the 1981 year, because he started off strong, was uh, definitely the worst of the bunch. And I say that um, having watched Green Ice. I mean, because at least with Green Ice, I was just indifferent you know, I just didn't want to watch it. You know what I mean? My brain just right. shut it out. Right. Um, but my brain wanted to watch this movie, but it hurt. So it's kind of like hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> so we have 1981's Caveman starring Ringo Starr, Dennis Quaid, and Shelley Long. Oh, so it's got to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Those are big names. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, the cast in including Miguel are all cavemen and women. Ringo Starr plays Atuk, 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 I think, Atuk. Um, a soft and small caveman who gets bullied by the significant larger caveman Tonda, played by John, uh, Matsu Matsuzek. Yeah, I know how to say that. I don't know how to say <laughs> that. And uh, Miguel is one of the intimidating homies of of that larger one. So he's just again kind of like a henchman, like yeah. on the side, because <laughs> he's the big guy. Right. Yep. Tight um, there. At the beginning, the cavemen are all attacked by a dino. <laughs> wow. Oh God. Well, um, I mean, it's caveman time. So yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. What you would expect. He would. And Dennis Quaid, uh, otherwise known as Lar, gets injured, gets his leg injured, and he is left behind. Um, even after Atuk teaches him how to hop on one leg, because that's so smart. Who does that? But um, <laughs> they leave him behind because he's weak. Um, so, it, you know, it seems like this kind of interested you, right? Because you're sure. like, oh, those are good people, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I mean Kevin Dennis Quaid, Ringo Starr, I mean, those are... You, you know, think? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so let me warn you. <laughs> Okay. Uh they all grunt in caveman talk throughout the entire movie. Okay. Except for the Asian caveman, because it is the eighties and you still oh, have no. to have some kind of racist joke. Oh no. Um, but it that still wasn't quite as bad as having an entire physical comedy bit where Ringo tries to sexually assault the hot cave woman Lana, who belongs to Tonda. Um, after they're sleeping extra hard due to him drugging them both earlier. Uh, okay. Yeah, not great. Uh, Tonda wakes up to find a took in his bed, kicks him out of the cave. 
um, basically out of the whole caveman tribe, like that, that are living in the cave. And Tonda reunites, uh, not Tonda, I'm sorry, Atuk, Ringo Starr's character reunites with Lar, who is Dennis Quaid. Um, and <laughs> they meet Tala, played by Shelley Long. And her blind grandfather, who they save from a tar pit because she, he's blind all his whole life and still somehow manages to fall into tar pits. <laughs> so, so, so when you say they do the caveman grunting, you mean there's like, is there no English? No, words? there is, like... there is no words. The only person who says actual words that we know is the Asian caveman. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. food. And they're like, food, food. Um, like okay. it's it's grunts like you can tell that they have words for things and they're speaking yeah. in caveman but it's um oh boy it's just <laughs> you know and honestly i feel like if that whole sexual assault part wasn't in there i might be slightly more forgiving especially since they have really cool little stop motion dinosaurs they're oh. not cool let me rephrase that they just look <laughs> cute you know like stop motion uh, things did they're kind of wonky and crazy but endearing um but i just i just can't get over that part and it's just so terrible um well, they I don't am, talk at all in the whole thing <laughs> imd has imdb has the uh categories as comedy and romance so you're saying the romance is more assault um yeah i mean he tries to assault her on several occasions i mean he does kidnap the, that chick and the whole time shelly long's character is like hey i really want you and he's like uh no because basically in caveman talk you don't look as hot as lana does um like I'm saying these things, but they don't say these things. You could just tell that that's what he means because he's grunting and he's like motioning, like you don't have boobs or the ass that uh, she right, does. Right, right, right. It's, it's oh, just, geez. it's just oh. so cringy. It's just, oh, it's the most cringe I've spent. But I still watched the whole movie, and I'm like, I'd still probably watch it again, unfortunately. <laughs> but I mean, find it at. Uh, it's on Tubi or was it, it was on Prime Video? I think I watched it on okay. Prime Video with no commercials because that's oh. <laughs> I couldn't believe that they had it. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, Ad took also facilitates the discovery of like walking upright and fire and eating fried eggs. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and basically oh, the once plot you fire, you got fried eggs. Yeah, no, and that wasn't even correlated at all. They were trying to steal a giant <laughs> egg. And then the other big guys were like, oh, well, we see you guys, you know, making it. We're just going to steal this egg from you. But then the, the pterodactyl comes back and it falls onto, like, I guess, a hot spring. It breaks and falls into a hot spring and that's how it's cooked. Oh, jeez. Okay. Wow. And then they all come over and just take a slice of it and take it back to the ladies to, to feed them. <laughs> it's, it's a ridiculous movie. And I mean... um, I guess watch it if you just feel like being like, wow, someone, <laughs> someone did this. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of the movie. It's just like big, ugly cavemen against the kind of soft, ug ugly cavemen. And you just got to see who wins. You know who wins. But still, like it's the adventure of the the movie, I guess. I don't know, but it's so bad. 
it's just but at the same time I was like you I was like well I mean if Ringo Starr Dennis Quaid and Shelley Longer in it how bad can it be right, right? those are big names man <laughs> and then you watch it and you're like they they did this with their whole chest and dedicated themselves to grunting all of those lines it was ridiculous Just trying to think about the director. Oh no, you didn't grunt well enough. You know, you're, you're too clear. You gotta be a little more. It was you know hard to understand or something. It was weird. That's just let's just leave it at that. I mean, I can't say don't watch it because I'm obviously I would I would kind of watch it again, but just to hurt myself, I guess. <laughs> oh jeez. In um, 1982, he was also in probably the highest rated ranked movie on like Letterboxd or just in general that I could tell. And that is Fitzcarraldo um, by Werner Hess. I cannot pronounce this. Werner Herzog. Herzog. Thank you. Yeah. Starring Klaus Kinski. Um, the movie is definitely interesting and seeing Fitzcarraldo's obsession with opera and the madness to have the audacity to move a ship over a mountain um, was really fascinating. But even more fascinating was the fact that Werner uh, matched that madness because he is literally showing a boat being hosted, hoisted over a mountain like it's not CGI. Like this man was like, yeah, we'll just really, you know, put the, ho the uh, boat over there. <laughs> wow. Dedication. Um, so from what I understand, the movie had loads of issues during filming because, of course, you're going to have issues when you're trying to literally drag a boat over a mountain. Um, and I really want to there's like documentary movies, I guess, about the behind the scenes. And I really want to watch that because that sounds wow. um, that sounds really interesting. Um, and Miguel plays Cholo who is basically the ship's shady yet intimidating boat mechanic. Um, he kind of comes with the boat as part of a deal. Um, that's This is definitely an interesting movie. It was definitely the best of, of everything that Miguel was in. Um, but Puma Man was great only because it's on MST3K. <laughs> but mm -hmm. if you want to talk about film-wise, this was probably one of the best best um, best films. Because it was, it was 10, just weird. So... Yeah. <laughs> Like it's shot well, it's it's intriguing. It was it was done very well. But it was interesting. It was just um, yeah. There's clearly a lot of madness all over the place in it. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, in 1984, though, he was also alongside Donald Pleasance once again. Got a twofer with Donald, um, and he played in a movie called Frankenstein's Great Aunt Tilly. I love that title. It's a British movie, and Miguel plays the Frankenstein monster, essentially. Well, it's just the monster, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I did start it. It's very British, um, and I do usually like those things, but I just couldn't keep focused on it whatsoever. And then also the video I was watching kind of crapped out, and um, you could hear the audio, but the image wasn't moving at all. And I'm like, well, that's lame. Um, but yeah, he did get to play alongside Donald Pleasance again, so I thought that was interesting. Hmm. I wonder if he recognized him. He's like, oh yeah, we worked together in the Puma Man, or if, if there was like a, yeah, he's a good guy. He's, you know, he worked really well in the Puma Man. Give him the job. He'll be perfect for the monster. 
because he's not like he's he was speaking in it so he didn't have to worry about um saying any english lines or anything because uh, he's frankenstein and they already know he can grunt because he was a caveman <laughs> i wonder if that comes down to yeah just the size right they just need someone yeah big, you know and he has available. that stature yeah right i mean but that's pretty nice to have on your docket that you got to play a frankenstein monster oh yeah i mean even if the movie wasn't a great frankenstein movie it was kind of silly he does have like like I said with the the features. He's got the the more squarish kind of bigger features. So I guess I could see that working with Frankenstein. Yeah, I mean even in the the Puma Man, they call them the Lurch. So yeah, it's right. the same kind of features. We're going along. In 1986, I also watched this movie called the well, not me, but the movie was in 1986, <laughs> and I watched it like yesterday. Um, it was a movie called Firewalker. Um, let's see, Lewis uh, Gossett Jr. alongside Chuck Norris. Um, basically, they start a fight with Miguel, who is just listed as the big man. <laughs> Again, because he is a big man. <laughs> um, starts a fight in, in a bar. Um, and they exchange some words. Because basically, Miguel speaking Spanish. And Chuck Norris doesn't speak Spanish, but Louis Gossett Jr. speaks Spanish. His character, for some reason, speaks Spanish. Um, and uh, they exchange some words that apparently involve some goats and other things. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, oh, there's some insults happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, that movie was pretty wild. Uh, I, I gotta say, I, I, I kind of... I didn't grow up watching Texas Ranger, but it wasn't something I was against watching growing up because, you know, I'm from Texas. So, of course, I'm going to watch a Texas, Texas Walker or whatever. <laughs> um, but he was trying so hard to be extra charming and funny in this movie. So that was a little weird. Uh, I did get a, a good surprise from uh, John Rice Davies, who plays like Gr Glim bleh, Gimli from Lord of the Rings. He was in oh, it yeah. as well. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then the last movie that I have on my docket for Mr. Miguel here is in 1988. He was in another MST3K favorite, which is called uh, Deathstalker and the Warriors from Hell. Um, he plays a small role as a bodyguard of Princess Carissa. Um, he is killed off screen, or at least that's what it seems like, because the MST3K, they do cut things sometimes. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. If that happened and they showed it, um, but as far as that version, we just hear that he was disposed of for some reason. Hmm. Oh, because the guys were being yeah. dicks or whatever. Yeah, of course. Um, basically, uh, that movie is basically a part three in the series. Deathstalker is a cocky fighter who meets a princess with a stone. Princess gets killed and entrusts him with the stone. He meets another princess who looks identical to the princess who died earlier. Um, and this princess is off to marry some guy who turns out to be the villain who is trying to get the stone that he has so he can take over the world or something. Um, that, that is the simplest way to describe <laughs> Death Soccer and the Warriors from Hell. I'm surprised I'm looking and there's at least five or four here that I see of the stuff. Yeah, there's there's like four Death Stalkers, and I think every single Death Stalker is played by somebody different. Maybe. Jeez. Maybe it's only the same one or two times, but they're they. From what I went into and looked at, they seem to be all pretty different. 
all the, all the posters have that uh, 80s, like the, yeah, the, the ripped guys and girls there and the bikinis and the, you know. Just basically looking way more epic than the movie actually yeah, is. Yeah, yeah that, that style they have there for like, yeah, the, you know, Conan and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they really went into the whole false advertisement with those movie posters back in the day. Yeah. I don't know how many times I see a movie poster. I'm like, that looks like a dope movie. And then I start it and I'm like, what is this shite? <laughs> right. Yeah. Advertising sells, you know? Yeah. So, um, he, I mean, for somebody who's never been like necessarily a lead in any mo movies, he was very um, obvious. It was always it was easy to find him in, in all the movies that he was in. Yeah, I mentioned it with my family in passing, and they're like, I'm like, oh, I don't know if we know him offhand. I was like, Let, let's see a picture of him. And I show him a picture, and they're like, oh, we just saw him in a movie. What was it? I was like, was it The Mexican with, with Brad Pitt? And she's like, yeah. And he was just a driver, I think, in that movie. But because he looks the way he looks, you just can't ignore him. You know, like yeah, you're right, even right. if as an extra, you're like, man, that really tall guy is really tall. Wow. Well, yeah, but that's uh, Miguel and Helfentis. That's that's what I got. Everything. Yeah. Well, we're gonna pour another one out here. The because people keep dying this time. Uh, we're pouring one out for Tom Wilkinson. He passed away on December thirtieth, twenty twenty three, at the age of seventy five. You're taller than you look in the tabloids, Mister Wayne. No gun. I'm insulted. You could have just sent a thank you note. I didn't come here to thank you. I came here to show you that not everyone in Gotham's afraid of you. Only those who know me, kid. Look around you. You'll see two councilmen, a union official, a couple off-duty cops, and a judge. Now, I wouldn't have a second's hesitation in blowing your head off right here and right now in front of them. Now, that's power you can't buy. Remember the Alamo. Remember the Sabbath day. And keep it holy. But why remember a destructive love affair? Here at Lacuna, we have perfected a safe, effective technique for the focused erasure of troubling memories. Our patented non-surgical procedure will rid you of painful memories and allow you a new and lasting peace of mind you never imagined possible. Don't forget, with Lacuna, you can forget. Um, Thomas Jeffrey Wilkinson. He was born um, in, uh, February 5th in Leeds, Yorkshire, England. Um, and uh, he did, he died in, in London, England. So definitely uh, right here. He was the son of Marjorie and Thomas Wilkinson, who was a farmer. Um, at the age of 11, um, they moved to uh, British Columbia in Canada, <clears throat> where they lived for five years before they returned to the United Kingdom and ran a pub in Cornwall. I am so jealous. I would love to do that. Uh, he graduated um, in English and American literature from the University of Kent at Canterbury. And after finishing his degree, he attended the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London, graduating in 1973. He married Diana Hardcastle in 1988, and they have two daughters. Um. Interesting side note, he is also a awarded the OBE, which is a officer of the Order of the British Empire. 
Um, he was awarded that in 2005 at the Queen's New Year's Honors oh. um, for his services in drama. So, like, when you look his name up, it's the Thomas Jeffrey Wilkinson OBE. It's kind of like the PhD or something. It's kind of I won't. Kind of I won't insult all OBEs like I did Kennedy Center. Honors. Oh, please, please not. <laughs> we, we need to stop offending people here. <laughs> But so it's like it's sort of like the honorary PhD, right? Except and it's like an acknowledgement for their great achievement in acting or whatever it is. I think they have yeah. like an OBE for like sciences and stuff like that too. Yeah. And it's not a fake award like the Presidential Medal of Freedom. It's just kidding. It's real, damn it! It's real to me. He, he was in uh, he was in a bunch of films. I got him down for ninety seven films. And he was in thirty six, like t uh, or thirty two TV shows. Uh, you know, if you look at his filmography here, most of his uh, series were actually uh, at least they appear to be because I never heard of them. And the ones I clicked down there, they're British. Yeah, there are a lot of British, um, British films or not films, but the shows. And then at uh, think what was it uh i went to look it up but i think sometime in the 90s he basically transitioned to uh basically yeah here like 93 it looks like in mid 90s he's uh started doing more like, started um, doing movies and american movies right i think as an older actor he um really shown in, in the film roles i mean he was great and right. I, I did watch some of his you know tv stuff I, I'd seen it before and did a quick rewatch of some episodes of Prime Suspect um, with Helen Mirren, which she's great. Um, and I, th I don't think a lot of people know that she did British TV before she became Helen Mirren, you know. I could see that. She's British, isn't she? I thought she yes. was British. Yeah, she sounds British. <laughs> right. I think um, she's got one of those titles too, but not the OB. I think she's a dame or something. She's like, oh, she's yeah, yeah. a big ass title. Yeah, Not yeah, a big ass. I mean, I don't know anything about her ass, but you know, so. <laughs> Jason, fix that. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, he did a lot. I I watched a couple of his movies. Um, kind of related, not very related, but the the who the character he played is kind of. Uh, anyways, I at first I watched um felony, um <laughs> what. Oh, you know this, huh? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, where he was a uh, an order detective, and um, he gets called. He's partnered with a new detective, younger detective. Um, not really a hot shot, but he's new, so he's trying to, you know, do the right thing, right? And he gets called into this hit and run case, and uh, where this uh, other detective, um, played by, I meant to pull this up. Um, played by Joel Edgerton, <clears throat> was apparently basically drinking and driving. And uh, he hit a kid. The only beef I have about this movie, I'm really not very good at being critical about movies. I would make a terrible film reviewer, but the way they showed like him hitting the kid, it's kind of comical because he just like, the kid's in one lane, he's in the other lane, and he's driving by, and then you hear a thump and the kid falls over but he hit him with a side mirror Let, let's be like a, a, he, he, a mirror he, that holds if he, he hit, hit him, him it barely hit mirror. him right <laughs> but that was enough to knock the kid over the kid's knocked out the entire time 
The kid never regains consciousness. He goes into a coma. Spoiler alert, the kid ends up dying. But he's in this coma forever, and he's got, you know, brain damage, whatever they're off, whatever. But it's like he barely got hit by a mirror. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I guess if he got knocked over, smacked his head against the ground, whatever, I guess. But it just seemed like a stretch to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, this, uh, I, know, I was telling Isabel before, um, earlier, that I, I had watched, I was watching this movie, and I was in bed and i fell asleep and then i had to go back when i woke up because i lost like whatever like the plot was i'm like what is going on here so i had to go back so this was a little bit i thought uh, illogical in in points maybe um it was just something that you had to pay attention to or you had no idea what was going on yeah yeah so yeah they yeah yeah like i said i make a terrible film reviewer it's it's so i had no problem with the rest of the movie, just that whole knocking the kid over thing was kind of ridiculous to me. Um, you know, the... the it's okay. Um, I, I get that, though. <laughs> uh, well, we um, we recently did a New Year's celebration with the Rabbit Hole podcast group. Oh, yeah. And there is a game that we played where we had to riff on little movie bits, basically. It was a riff game for Riff Tracks. Um and the game was uh one of the, the scenes was this kid gets hit in the face with a with a soccer ball. Um and the, the first time they play it, I just immediately just cackle out loud and then <laughs> and no one else does the same thing. And I'm like, I'm sorry guys, I didn't mean to laugh like that. <laughs> I just I just unfortunately laugh at very not funny things sometimes when I don't mean to. <laughs> Is the kid okay? No, this 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 kid's like probably like 70 now it was from an old movie <laughs> but yeah sorry i, I get that no it's okay. the mirror it was, i mean i can understand if it was like a 1970s boat car and you hit him with a mirror like on like right. a bird or something right. but no this is like it was like a honda fucking civic come on right right yeah like you said in a <laughs> you get hit in. with the front of a civic and, and live yeah yeah so yeah one thing i can think of you just creative license he fell over and knocked his head and that's what did him and it wasn't actually the mirror because the mirror is ridiculous but um yeah so you know uh, tom's character here he's a detective carl summer and um you know he reluctantly gets called into this though the, his new uh, detective partner answers the call and he's like why'd you do that basically because he's old and he doesn't want to you know basically doesn't want to work as much as he has to i guess right and um, that's basically what it comes down to, you know, the, the, the one guy, um, he does start feeling guilty. Uh, Joel, uh, Joel's character, Detective Malcolm to to he Tohe, whatever, starts feeling guilty, wants to confess. And um, Tom's character is like basically at this point, you know, trying to talk him out of it because now he can be, you know, he can get in trouble too because he helped him cover it up at the beginning telling him that you know he just came up to this kid who was on the street you know and he saw there was a car that stopped and then sped off and all this sort of stuff um yeah and in, and in the end um tom's character gets into some sort of coma i don't know i kind of missed i'm not exactly sure what happened they were having an argument the young the new detective and him got in a tussle and then tom passes out and then I guess maybe a brain aneurysm or something. I don't know. He's they didn't the really say. Yeah. But I, I thought it was some sort of aneurysm. And they were like, oh, this would have happened one sooner or later. To right. Like, but 
yeah so that's basically the end of his character he's passed out and then then now the the the, the, the new detective um which i never said it was uh played by jai courtney basically he he knows that joe edgar edgarkin Ed, edgarton which i can't talk did it so he's basically you know watching him i guess keeping an eye on him waiting for him to mess up i don't know and there was a weird subplot where the young guy like falls in love with the mother of oh yeah that was a oh, boy yeah. who what? got hit by the mirror it was that's, a, right. that's, that's what right. i think threw me so much i'm like because what started the fight the tussle was like he said something about the mother of the boy like oh you screwed her or something like that or yeah people, something like that yeah. or, it, it was like bizarre yeah like, yeah not those exact terms but yeah kind of instigated or uh, yeah yeah it's, yeah i know what you're saying it was a very weird subplot that i don't know this movie is like really highly rated but i i i didn't feel it <laughs> yeah well i got an imdb shows 6.1 out of 10 so yeah that's, that's not half. it's just over half <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well yeah, for that, me a six like a six <laughs> is like citizen kane <laughs> right, nice. okay. yeah i forgot about that i meant to make a note of that i forgot yeah, that was a weird thing it's like why I, when they started doing it and he tried to kiss her i'm like no don't don't what what her son's in a coma why ah yeah that was weird very Sounds uncomfortable <laughs> yeah 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 uh, the other movie I watched of his was uh, Denial, um, which came out. Uh, um, when did that come out? I didn't write down the date. Anyways, 2016. Was it 2016? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was a newer one. Um, and um, he. It's 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 kind of almost relevant to this time because it talks about the Holocaust. Which you know is it, was, it basically deals with Holocaust deniers, and Ooh. it stars Rachel Weiss, um, who is a what is she? She's a writer and a historian, basically, or something like that. That um, is talking about <clears throat> Holocaust deniers, and she talks bad about. Uh, Timothy Spall, he's a he plays a character, David Irving, that wrote a book basically um, denying the Holocaust and it never really happened. And she basically gets sued by him um, in England. She has to go to England for this trial because I guess he's based in England, so he's suing her. She has to go to England, and in England, the the courts work as it's not. Um, it's not the uh, not the defendant. It's not the prosecutor. Whatever it has to prove that you did something wrong. It's like she has to. It's that's the opposite of ours. You know what right. I'm talking about, right, Brenda? So it's, 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 yeah, it's, she's like it's like you're you're presumed guilty, not presumed innocent. Pretty basically. much, yeah. So she has to defend her case and stuff. And um, one of the attorneys that she gets hooked up with is um, Tom's character, which is Richard Rampton. He's the head lawyer. And they uh, they go to court, and um, it's it's kind of interesting because he's it's almost opposite of the character in Felony, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's wants to do his job and he's trying to do it well, and he's you know 
helping her and he he's just he does a really good job and he basically yeah they he 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 basically finds the other helps find the other guy guilty basically that he was fabricating evidence and he was you know making stuff up and just trying to uh he's trying to pass him off himself off as a legitimate historian um and they basically disprove him and the weird thing is it was based on like real life events um and a lot of the the dialogue in the courtroom actually was taken verbatim from the trial records which um i thought was kind of interesting um have you ever seen this brenda i kind of thought maybe this might see something you might have even heard of because it's I don't know courtroom lawyery stuff. It seems like maybe you'd. Oh, I, I hate. It. I actually don't like. I, I I like the British stuff, so I'll watch British stuff because okay. that, um, because American stuff is rubbish, as the British would say. <laughs> um, court is nothing like Law and Order. It's nothing like an American show. Nothing like Matlock. But I watch Matlock because it's Andy Griffith. Let's let's be real here. But um, I I've seen it. I did not rewatch it. Um, okay. But one of the reasons I did watch it, it was because it was based on a true events. And yeah. I like British court stuff. I like British stuff in general. So um, I did watch. I, I've seen it. And I do like things that take from actual transcripts um, because oftentimes those things are hilarious. Um, huh. This wasn't one of those um, those. Uh, the circumstances but right. uh, i do enjoy the authenticity of recreating a trial using actual transcripts i thought it was that thought that was really cool how um because yeah I, i'd never heard of this and i don't know if it's because maybe it happened i don't know not really before my time but before i really paid attention to stuff like that you know or because it was england i don't know how much press it got you know over here in the states but I, it was you know, I don't think different. it was big news. So, yeah, it was thought... also like the events happened in an era that was before the internet was the internet. You know, right, yeah, right, true. Yeah, in the film, it was all taking place in the late nineties. Court was in two thousand. I don't know if that was um, actual or not. Um, the movie was filmed in, I guess, twenty sixteen or, or released in twenty sixteen. So. You know, maybe 2000 really is when it was uh, pre 9 11. Yeah, 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 that's right. <clears throat> so I, don't know, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a a decent flick. Uh, what did it get? Uh, 6.8 out of yeah. 10 here. Um, Just slightly higher than felony. Yeah. yeah but uh, Tom, he had a, I thought it was a good character for him. I think you know, he played a lot of cops and a lot of law enforcement types. Um, authoritative type roles. Yes. Yeah, he, he, looks, he looks like it. I I watched, I happened to watch one of his called Good People, um, where he played a detective in London and James Franco was in it. And I, Tom was the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how many movies I'd seen um, with him with him in it already. He was um, a ton of stuff. Yeah, like I love Sense and Sensibility. Oh yeah. Um, I don't remember who he plays. It obviously it wasn't one of the main characters. Um, he, but he was. I mean, he's good in everything he's in. Like he plays yeah, and he's he's from, totally very familiar. well. Even if the role is not a great role, he does it well. Yeah, whatever it is, he did it. Um, yeah, the Rush Hour. I love Rush Hour. 
Yeah. Oh no, I've seen that. Um, I've seen Ghosts in the Darkness before, and it's been a while, but I like that one too. Uh, Shakespeare in Love, another favorite growing up. Uh, The Patriot, and I remember exactly who he is in that one, and that one always cracks me up. Um, he's definitely one of the British uh, soldier guys. And I remember, I think one of the ships are, are getting blown up and one of the ladies are like, oh, fireworks. And they're just looking at her like, no, you dumb bitch. We just got killed. Like all of our <laughs> ships just got blown up. <laughs> um, the uh, one that we didn't really want to mention. Did you watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind for this one? Or were you not able to find that one on streaming? I wanted, I wanted to. I couldn't find it on streaming. And I, I could have swore I had that on DVD and I looked and I can't find it. And I checked my voodoo and the you know the movies anywhere just to double check or something i i just i just that I, was a movie i thought i had but i i don't so yeah, yeah. i really wanted doctor. to rewatch that yeah yeah i i did not want to rewatch that uh nope. it, that's such a good movie if you haven't seen it uh you can totally watch it it's a good movie but if you yeah. don't like crying don't watch <laughs> it <laughs> don't watch it if you are in your feelings in any that. way yeah, and especially if you're in your feelings about wanting to forget someone who you were in a relationship with, because, uh, yeah, that's basically the whole premise of the movie is you you get your the memories taken out of of these people forever, and I, I would never want to do that though either. I don't want to forget. <laughs> I don't, don't want to forget. It hurts, but geez, I don't want to forget. But that's kind of the Sometimes message of the in movie that too. Moment, you want to forget, and that yeah. tempting, you know, and that that movie is. It's a brutal film. It's it's bru- It's so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm never watching it again. It hurts. It, it hurts. We don't want to do that. <laughs> I will hurt myself by watching really shitty movies instead. That's what yeah, I would do. Yeah, like the Green Hornet, which he was also in. Right. Yeah, he was in like and I know you said he's like typecast almost as a like authoritarian that kind of figure, but like he was in. You know, yeah, uh, uh, what is it? The Black Knight. I can't remember what he was in there, but he was in like comedies too, right? And he was in Full Monty. Oh yeah, you know, where Monty. he played a uh, uh, what a steel worker or something like that. I was I really wanted to watch it because I'd never seen that movie before. Not that I haven't really an interest in it, but that was a movie that I know was big, so I was hoping to watch that. But of he course, that wasn't Raider available anywhere that movie because uh, I am who I am. So. <laughs> Yeah, because he was in the Batman Begins too. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? The the bad guy, the Carmine or something like that, in Batman. Carmine Falcone. That's right. Yeah, that was man. Yeah. He was in a lot. I mean, just for me to be able to be like pick out almost a half a dozen worth of movies that I for sure remember and know right. that yeah, that's a lot. Because usually I have to like research and watch stuff, but this guy, I I knew that was actually quite a bit that I just knew right offhand. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm terrible with names, hence why I do so well in the uh, Arya's Brain Dead game. But um, the uh, uh, when as soon as I saw his face, it's like oh, I know I've seen him in yes. more than one film. You know, I've seen yeah. him so many times, and of course, looking through his filmography, it's like oh yeah, I saw him, you know, Batman. I saw him in you know the Grand Budapest Hotel. You know, so I, I've seen him in. It's that one, so yeah, I, I want to see that one. I've wanted to see that one for a while. I have not been able to see that. Oh, it's typical a Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yeah, typical. Yeah. yeah, it's a good film. It's a good one. Yeah, I don't think I've watched enough Wes Anderson. Yeah. There was a, a time in my life where pretty much all I watched was Wes Anderson. I was very oh. sad. 
What was a, there was a new one that just came out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you see uh, that one? What is it? Um, Astro City or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Asteroid it's City. That's Asteroid it. Yeah. City. Yeah, I just saw that uh, maybe a month or two ago. Yeah. Typical, typical film from him. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good one. Yeah. Uh, he was also a um, in some theater too. He played at the Oxford Playhouse, the Royal Shakespeare Company, the the National yeah. Theater, and not surprising the West End. Yeah, I wonder if him and um, <laughs> Joss Ackland ever, because I think he was. They were also both in the same oh, yeah. the the Shakespeare. I wonder right. if they're ever in the same things together. Do you think he ever borrowed his backpack, <laughs> <laughs> his spunky God. backpack? Funky backpack, possible. <laughs> oh man, that was a full docket. And guys, yeah. we still have so many more to turn around and keep talking about. Right. <laughs> Not in this episode, though. People need to stop. We should, we should play a game because if we play a game, then it's going to make us happier. Yeah, so are you as brain dead as they are? And I am in the lead today, so uh, little minions, Chris and Brenda, have to answer the questions or try to figure out, I should say. Um, let's let's get to it. All right, Let, let's let's do this, so we can ski daddle. All right, so four. Factoid number one. I guess we'll start with Brenda. Oh, sure. You, you were the one who did it last time? I don't know. That's a good enough reason. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll just... yeah. Okay. Well, we'll I'm do sure it alphabetical. Like Brenda's I, first. I got that one. There so. you go. <laughs> All right. So to start, this person was born in Sweden on April 10th, 1929. Brenda? Okay, Sweden. Mm, no clue. Pass. Chris? I'm going to say uh, <clears throat> Judy Dutch. Uh, no. Not dead. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, they died in France on March 8th, 2020. Oh. Oh. Um... Marcel Marceau. No, Brenda. Is it Bridget Bardot? Incorrect. Yeah. All right. Brenda, this person appeared in 13 films directed by Ingmar Bergman. Um oh, pass. Chris? Um yeah, I've seen so many of their films. Um, or I haven't. I don't know. Um, how about um, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, it's your turn again. They received their first Academy Award nomination for the role of Lasfar in the film *Pele the Conqueror*. Pele the Conqueror. Oh. P e l l e. Pele. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Um, sure. Uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, no, Brenda. Uh, um. Uh, pass. All right. 
Well, you're passing it right back on to yourself going into <laughs> yeah. fact number five. Uh, they received their second Academy Award nomination for playing the role of the renter in the 2011 film Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Chris? Um... I got nothing. Okay. Pass. Pass on to the next person. Which is you. So number six, the deep voice actor was Lamar Burgess in the Minority Report. The deep voice actor was Lamar Burgess in Minority Report. Oh, oh, oh. Um, um. Oh, no! No, it's probably not him. Um, can't remember his name now. Gosh darn it. Um, ah, I'm glad Brenda. <laughs> Brenda. Uh, I can't remember his name. I can see his face. All right. Well, maybe, you know, as a continuum. Pass to myself. Huh? I will pass to myself. Okay. All right. <laughs> number seven. In the 1980s, this deceased actor appeared in a number of films, including Flash Gordon, Dune, Strange Brew, and Hannah and her sisters. Pass. Oh, damn it. Pass, yes. Oh. Chris? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I probably should know this. I probably should know this by now. But, you know, I suck at this. Thanks, Carl, for showing off how much I suck. Um... Right out loud. Uh don't feel bad. I, I definitely wouldn't get it. Um <laughs> uh, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Is he dead? No, no probably not. I'm sure not. he's not. <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Okay, we're back to you, Chris. <laughs> In nineteen eighty-three, he starred as the villain Ernst. Ernest, Ernst, Starvro, Blofield, Blofield, in the film Never Say Never Again. Ernst, Ernst, it's E-R-N-S-T, Ernst, Stavro, Blofield, in the film Never Say Never Again. I should know this, I should know this, I should know this. Yep. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. That is my turn, right? Yep. Yeah. Um. Mm, mm, yeah. Uh, I don't know. On to you, Brenda. Is it Max von Sido? That is correct. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That is correct. And to continue on, this person, Max Vaughn, also received an Emmy nomination for his portrayal of the Three-Eyed Raven in the HBO series Game of Thrones. Also, uh, the top one is this despian appeared as Father Lancaster Marin in the 1973 film The Exorcist. You know what it did? What did it for me? It was Flash fucking Gordon. And I knew it. And I could see it. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And then it, it came to me. So yes. Max von 
how do you say the last name? Cito. I've heard it. Cito. 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 I don't know. Listen, I was like, well, you said it better than I would have. So you knew yeah. who you were talking about. Yeah. I know the face. When yeah. I see his face, I was like, yeah, I know that face, but I would never in a million years have been like, oh, that's his name. Yeah. It was Flash fucking Gordon, of all things. You're just Probably riding high. Like- this is number two guest, correct? Look at you, Brenda. I'm uh, yeah. just kicking ass and taking names. Yes. And those names are Ricardo Montalban and Matt. <laughs> wow. Cool. Um, if God. if we do a trophy at the end of the year, I guess since this is our first one of the year, I'm in the lead. So <laughs> everybody, you so got that works. You got a yeah. I'm in I the guess lead. That's right how now. it's working now. Right. Um. I just decided we're gonna have a trophy, and I'm going to get it because we're quitting now. This is it, Jason. We're done. I'm just kidding. What? Who's paying for the trophy? Because you know our budget and stuff. Um. Jason, we are. We are paying Patreon for it. Money. The losers are paying. We're chipping in. Yeah, I, I am the Patreon. <laughs> so am I. I'm not I'm all of it, but still. <laughs> but um, so we'll just buy well, ourselves a uh, trophy. Yeah. I don't. Do they make trophies still? Like, yes, they oh, do. Yeah. My my son gets them for like soccer and basketball. You can like, yeah, get them. I think you can just get like just generic ones, even if you want. Like just going in so. Well, no, it can't be. You, it's gonna have to be fancy. Well, I'm gonna make little tiny ones. My my son, like a couple years ago for basketball, because the league, because usually the league gives out some sort of trophy or medallion okay. or whatever. This year, whatever they didn't do one for some reason. I don't know why. So the coach, uh, I don't know where he bought it from. Probably like maybe online or Orient Express kind of thing. You know? Uh, yeah, Oriental but, Express but, has little. Yeah, Oriental. That's what it is. And uh, just little tiny, you know, like three, four inch trophies, and then. He painted basketballs on them, so it was kind of nice. It was a good gesture. Yeah, well, yeah I would I, like paint coffins on ours. Oh, see, and I was about to say, go. I did that for Halloween. I got generic little awards, but then I also got skeletons and like adhered them in different positions to the little trophies, uh, yeah. and that kind of made my own Halloween awards. This this can this can be done. Okay, so we yeah. have a whole year to do this. So no yeah. we'll make it extra special. I'm gonna like write down that I won this game, so it'll be. <laughs> Brenda one, Chris zero, Isabel yeah. zero. But Thanks. it's early. We all, you all have time. Look, she she's the one that thought of this game now, but then let us all start winning, and then she's like, on second thought, we don't need a trophy, <laughs> right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> well, that would okay. It's always more fun when I win the game. For me, I mean, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, so. This was a lot, this episode, with a lot of people. And I know we are going to be back soon. Very soon. Um, so you'll get to hear our happy, joyous tales of wonderful TV and movie shortly. Um, thank you all for joining us for this episode of Hersing Around. As a reminder, you can find Hersing Around at rabbitholepodcast.com or wherever you find your podcast. You can find us on all the socials, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky at Hersing Around Pod and Rabbit Hole Podcast. We will be back soon, very soon, to eulogize another celebrity's or group of celebrities' bodies <laughs> of work. 
Bye, everybody. Bring out your dead doodaloo. Let's start with our castle. Hey, wait. You gotta say your word. Oh, cocksucker. Thank you. Sorry. Earthing Around is created, edited, and produced by Jason Soto. You can subscribe to our show on Apple, Google, Audible, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Also, check out rabbitholepodcast.com to find other great podcasts on our network. Copyright 2024. Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbitholepodcasts.com.